Hey everyone, welcome to the latest edition of Courageous Conversations and I am thrilled to have the REINSW CEO, Tim McGibbon, with me. Hey Tim. Hello, how are you? Hey, I'm really well. We're talking talking today in a slightly different format. Yeah, we are. I mean, people are very used to uh, seeing us banter with each other about real estate issues, but today you've got a really interesting story and I get lots of great feedback about the stuff that we do together and um, how knowledgeable and passionate you are about the industry. But I know you've got a really interesting backstory and I thought it'd be lovely to share that um, a little bit more widely. Yes, okay. Um, so I started out on working on a mine in Broken Hill. I was born in Broken Hill, and my very first job was in an, an apprentice electrician. Does that explain so, the cowboy um, boots? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I spent plenty of time in the bush. So, yeah, I, I, I started on the mines um, when I was 15, oh, um, when I left wow. uh, year 10 at school, and then finished my apprenticeship four years later um, at 19. Spent three of those uh, four years uh, working underground uh, wow. in the mines. How was yeah, that? so uh, dark and wet. <laughs> um, and if you go down far enough, uh, hot. Yeah, so. Did, um, you didn't get claustrophobic? No, um, no, it's, I mean, the, uh, the funny part about it is the levels that are closer to the surface yeah. are more sort of closed in because they're the very old ones. But when you, when you go right down, um, they're a lot bigger, a lot bigger when I was there. But it, the mining's all changed since yeah, I was there sure. as well. Yeah. I think when I when I was there, there was 5,000 men that worked across the line of load. Wow. And uh, But now they'd be getting out uh, more dirt with um, a lot less people, a lot like less people, probably, yeah. probably a tenth of that. Yeah, and yeah. just because the mining techniques have changed and um, instead of having a shaft and going in on levels and these sorts of things, um, they now open, cut it, and have these great big spiral declines and inclines. They uh, they talk about, but uh, yeah, right. Yeah, but and it so was, uh, that, it was an experience. Mines, yeah, I bet. So then, um, then I um, when I finished on the mines, I had a bit of a tour around Australia. Okay. Um, and I had some friends who I also worked with on the mines, some other apprentices, and they'd gotten jobs in Newcastle. So. I turned up at Newcastle and hung out there with them and stayed for about 18 months, two years, working again as an electrician. I worked on um, at a coal loader plant at uh, Toronto. Uh, yeah. That was in, in construction yeah. and also in construction at Tomigo. And then uh, on uh, Kuriang Island. So the very first coal loader that was on Kuriang Island, which I, I always see when you and I go to Newcastle. When yeah. visit there and you can see it across... Uh, yeah, funny. The, uh, the other side there. So I worked on that. And then back to Broken Hill. I missed the bush. Went back there and decided I would go out on my own and, and be an electrician. And one of the things you had to do then was to do some uh, training on keeping books and this sort of stuff because people were good with being in the trade, but lousy business people. So they wanted you to try and improve. So long sounds story like short. Real, sounds a bit like, like real estate. Yeah, well, that's right. And um, oh, look, and, and there's so many uh, industries, I think, where there's, there's good people yeah. that, should, that should stay being good at what they do and not try and own businesses. And, uh, <laughs> totally. I, think, I think you would know a lot of people that shouldn't own a business, but they yeah. should um, continue doing what they do. So yeah. I started that. Um, and as part of that, I started a, a bookkeeping course, which was part of the accounting course. Yep. And to my surprise and everybody else, I, um, I did very well at that and, yeah. and was topping the class and, uh, and you know, beating the bankies and all the rest of it. And uh, then it was in about 
Easter or something like that, I secured a job um, with the uh, council, the local council, yeah. went to work for them, got out of my trade and thought, oh, well, I'll try it for a while. Continued through all of that, ended up qualifying as an accountant at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of by, by accident, uh, by accident more than anything. <laughs> And then one of the guys who had taught me the law subjects uh, as I as I went through said, look, I think you've got an aptitude for law. Yeah. So why don't you keep going and, and do law? So I had to do that by correspondence, which was a funny exercise in itself because when I made the application to, to the university to, to start my law degree, they asked me what my HSC results were. Of course. And um, I didn't have any. Because uh, I'd finished at year 10. So then there was a lot of paperwork that went back and forward. And finally, the university said, well, look, we will let you start, yeah. um, but, but you're not in. We will let you do the first few subjects and then we'll review it. So I did the first few subjects and I didn't ask them to review it. And they didn't uh, tell me they were reviewing it. So I just kept going. Well, um, I wonder how many people there are out there with a, an accounting degree and a law degree without an HSC. <laughs> I bet there's not too many. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. Then I ended up uh, leaving council and I went into uh, um, into a superannuation fund, a mine superannuation fund, and I was the accountant for that for yeah. a few years. Yeah. Um, and uh, whilst that was kind of going on and some of the other studies that were going on, I built a home in, uh, in Broken Hill as well. So my, my life was fairly full. Then I, I ended up going overseas on a... Um, on a, on a rotary exchange program for right. about six weeks or so. And I went to Finland. And whilst I was over there, one of the local accountants in, uh, in Broken Hill uh, reached out to me while I was actually over there and said, would you like to come in and work for me? And we'll talk about uh, partnership in, in the accounting business. And when I came back, I left the, the superannuation fund and uh, yeah. went into um, to work uh, with him. In, yeah. um, in private practice. So it was in, the, in a tax practice. And then for reasons which I will never know, I decided I would go and do a master's in tax law. So, um, yeah, wow, you don't get... That in- sounds fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, I will. Actually, it wasn't too bad because I did it around the same time as uh, the GST came in. You're going to tell me the chicken story again, aren't you? No. <laughs> No, I'm not. That's but that's a great that's a great yarn, isn't it? So it was it was kind of um, it was good to do it at that time because GST was so new, and therefore you know learning about that uh, as part of a master's was um, yeah um, yeah. So so that was good. Then I ended up amalgamating the tax practice with a law practice, and we became a uh, a multidisciplinary practice, um, wow. which was very unusual. Um, I don't know how usual it is now, but it was it was quite no, unusual. So yeah, right. Yeah. And um, and something you don't know, we uh, we also had a bank under roof, so which was a bit crazy at the time. So I bet Gary um, Adamson didn't know that either. <laughs> That's right. So I have had experience with uh, banks. You might remember the old uh, State Bank. Remember yeah, the uh, New South Wales State yeah. Bank. So what they what they decided to do was to uh, franchise that out. Right. And I think it was uh, mixed up with Colonial as well at that time. Yeah. So um, they they shut the banks and uh, they let you know, private people like ourselves actually run the bank. Yeah. So I won claim to fame in life. I had my own ATM machine for a while. Woo-hoo. You go. And then, <laughs> um, but then that uh, that folded up 
and he was taken over by uh, by the Commonwealth Bank, took over uh, the state bank and, yeah. and moved on from yeah. there. So, so that's the sort of stumbling education side of things. And so, how did you um, how did you get to Sydney and more particularly the REI? Yeah, so a few things happened. Um, I had a relationship um, breakdown when I was yeah. there. Um, which, you know, that's, I was doing a lot of travelling and, and I guess a lot of activities outside of uh, home, home, as you can yeah. probably work out. Yeah. So it just, that kind of fell, fell by the wayside. And the law practice we had out there also had a lot of connections with the mining company. Things changed in, mm. in, in uh, litigation for workers' compensation and, and a series of other things at the time. So that that became a less viable business, and yeah. I thought it was—I uh, thought it was my time. Um, and at that stage, I had also was in a relationship with my my wife Jody, as you, and you know Jody. I don't. Um, so um, the decision was to to move to uh, to Sydney. Yeah, which I did, and I worked um, sort of for. How a, hard was that to move away from? Because you obviously moved back to the bush. Yeah, um, how hard horrendous, to, yeah. horrendous for me initially. Um, I would have gone, you know, what I called home in a heartbeat. Yeah. So, so that was uh, that was that was quite um, quite difficult. I mean, I was I was used to jumping in the car and driving to my office and parking out the front. Um, the whole we were living at that time in Gordon, um, and people would say, "Well, you you know, you're close to work." Well, my view was it takes me half an hour from when I get on the train to get to. Winyard, I think, and then I had a ten minute or so walk, and yeah. by the time I added all this up, yeah, um, I thought, you know, close. I'm spending, I'm spending my life here, um, you know, just travelling, which yeah. to me was crazy. But you know, on reflection, people coming from the central coast and the Blue Mountains, and this, that's what they do. Yeah, totally. Um, but anyway, fortunately, we now live uh, in Camaray, which is about eight or ten minutes from the yeah, city. Yeah, it's a beautiful spot, yeah. Yeah, it is. And then I, I, I bounced around with a few firms in uh, in Sydney. Yeah. And one of the firms that I was working for um, had some partnership um, issues, if I can call it that, and the, the firm imploded. Yeah. And I found myself looking at unemployment. So I ended up making uh, an application to the Institute to, be, to take on the role as the... Um, uh, legal counsel, and I was successful there. Yeah. And then uh, the rest of it is kind of um, yeah, it is just so how it ended when, up. But when was that? When did you start? Uh, two thousand and four, I think it was. And then when did you become the CEO? Uh, about two and a bit years after that. Yeah, yeah right. Okay. Um, I, the first president was Christine Castle. Okay, so you had the first chick. Yeah. Yeah. There you yeah. go. First chick, yeah. and second chick. Well done, you. Mm. Actually, that is one of the things I wanted to talk to you about because you are. Um, there are a, a, a few men that I know that are really um, that are feminists, and you would definitely be one of them. Tell me why you are so passionate yeah. about that. I, I'm not sure I'd describe myself as a feminist. <laughs> I think I, I think I would describe myself as uh, as somebody who doesn't like discrimination. Yeah. So um, I, I just I just think it is a curse throughout society and throughout the world so um if you discriminate against somebody because they're female because they practice a certain religion their sexuality the color of their skin etc etc i i just think that is um really really wrong and dangerous 
yeah. it's dangerous for for a lot of reasons in physical abuse with with people and um but i you know the great australian saying you know a fair go mate and yeah. and i i live by that so if uh, if people are not allowed to fulfill their full potential because they are um, Muslim, um, black, female, whatever it is, and, and they're held back because of that, then that in my book is wrong. Yeah. So, um, and I, with my wife, she would be one of Australia's top 10 commercial property lawyers and, and was very successful in, in the bigger firms that she was working for. Yeah. But I believe that she was unable to progress up the up the line because um, uh, she was female. That's uh, and when you look at the the partners that proudly put themselves uh, in in those positions, you know what do they call them? Uh, male, stale, and pale. Male, pale, and stale. Yeah. Yes, so that's uh, you know that is uh, that is quite strange to me. The yeah. the thing that is really interesting in in that discussion is. The commerciality of it all. I've always, I've always been of the view that the commerciality will trump everything. Yeah. So I, you know, I remember is when I was a little boy. Um, my mother had come through the war, so anything Japanese, you know, hated it. You know, and uh, but over time, um, because of the the products that Japanese were putting out, and because of the uh, the quality and the price and all the rest of it, ultimately people got over that because. Yeah. Of the quality of the stuff that was coming out and um so and that that was because of price and and quality product and yet i would have thought that if you've got somebody an employee that can work in your business and if you let them fulfill their full potential then commercially that is a really good decision yeah and yet in this space people are prepared to forego a commercial outcome Mm. to surround themselves with people that like people like them yeah and that that to me is that to me is quite bizarre yeah and it's really hard to kind of understand where that thinking comes from because you're either in one camp or the other you know i've worked i've had a lot of men around me that are like you that have a view um, like you do whoever can bring the best to the table is who we should be having and we need that diversity but then there's other people who you can't really understand their thinking, but they do tend to surround themselves with people that are like them and they tend to bully people that are not like them. So, yeah, there's a whole lot of psychology in there, I'm sure, um, that I don't understand. Mm. But anyway, Jody has gone on to have her own very successful um, property yeah. um, law practice, hasn't she? So, which is She has. And look, and the best thing that happened to her, really. I mean, yeah. she's now the master of her own destiny. She's doing yeah. extremely well. Yeah. Um, you know, took a team with her, and the big loser there was the um, was the, was the firm. firm that she came from. Yeah, totally. they were they were the loser. Yeah, for um, sure. and um, you know, I, I suspect that there are you know big firms right around the country in in law, in accounting, and in other places that are making similar stupid decisions. Yeah, I'm sure there's no doubt about it. One thing that has always impressed me about you is your desire to have the very best people around you at a board level. I know that there's a lot of CEOs, not just in institutes, but in, in businesses in general, who, who might try and um, pick a board that they will be able to manipulate, that they will be able to actually get their own way with. And you have actively gone out and found 
people whose opinions and views you you might not necessarily agree with, but they're people that you respect. So yeah. can you talk me through that? Process? Yeah, I suppose that? Yeah, the the answer to that is that I love this job. You know, yeah. I, I I adore it and I love the industry. Yeah. Um, you know, I I, I would describe it as uh, my work, um, my hobby and an obsession. Um, yeah. be, you often honest. say to me that you would do it for free, which is not really very smart when I'm the one who decides what <laughs> salary is. But anyway. Yeah, um, no, and, and that is that that is still true. I, yeah. I, I just I really I, I feel very lucky because I just love what I do. Yeah. You know, and therefore to do the job as well as I can, I need to to be around people um, who are industry leaders in their own right. Yeah. Um, you know, they they there's there's expressions I, I think I've heard since I've been uh, in this industry. And uh, if you uh, if you want to be good, then do the things that good people do. And that you know that is uh, one that I I believe. Um, and one of Joe's expressions is, you know, choose your role models carefully. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I'm going to be in a room uh, making decisions, then I want to be in a room making decisions that uh, are based around people with the maximum knowledge of the industry. And that way we will make better decisions. And you are right. The board, in my view, is, is the number one in the country. And it's, uh, mm-hmm. it is there because we tap people on the shoulder. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's, I always say that when I tell my story, you know, one of the things for me was that I was tapped on the shoulder. It never really occurred to me to get involved in the Institute, to be perfectly honest, but you wanted me to be part of it. And, and I'll be forever grateful that, that you did because I've absolutely loved, I've loved my time at the Institute. And when it's finally over, it will be over, won't it, one day? <laughs> um, I know no, I will really miss it. Yeah, well, as we, we always say you're the, you're the second female in uh, 110 plus years. It's more yeah. than that, yeah. And uh, the only one to have done two terms. So, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, that's, uh, that's great. Someone asked yeah. me the other day if I was going to go for three terms and it's like, oh, no, I think they'll be glad to get rid of me next year. So what are the hardest parts of your job? Well, there's, there's nothing I find hard there's, um, because, again, I... Because I, I like what I do or love what I do, I don't find any of it hard. I have huge admiration for people that get themselves out of bed each day and have to go and do a job that they hate. Yeah. So that, that would be hard. And I don't, I don't have that. I have frustrations, though, enormous frustrations uh, dealing with our regulator. Um, <laughs> no, as you know. really? Yeah, no, true. I'm I, shocked. And, the, and the, bit, the bit that frustrates me, put very succinctly, is that, I want, I want to improve the consumer's experience yeah. with this industry by lifting the standards of this industry. Yeah. All right? That's, it's education, it's professionalism, and that will improve the consumer's experience. Now, why, why do I have to fight the consumer advocate to do that? Mm-hmm. I, that's the bit I don't understand. I've never understood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I continue to be that way. I have um, to say that, that that was the thing. Um, obviously, I'd been on the board for a long time before I was president, so I knew that there were a lot of frustrations around some of those issues, but because I wasn't really privy to it, I wasn't in the meetings, I didn't really understand it, and that has been the biggest shock to me 
um, the way government and the regulator works. And you know, I do, um, I do have a lot of respect for Peter Dumphy, who's in um, in at Fair Trading. I've got a great relationship with Peter, and he's been really, really helpful to me. But he's had to get involved a whole lot of times when it, he shouldn't have to. No. Um, so yeah, no. that's been a big shock. Been a big shock to me. Yeah. Um, mm. But I just, you know, I've said, I, it just does my head in. Um, yeah. When, if we were trying to pursue something that was inappropriate and there were going to be poor outcomes, then I understand why the regulator <laughs> would resist us. But they continue to um, elude me <laughs> what the agenda they're pursuing. You are um, incredibly determined and passionate about what you want to achieve. How do you keep that going? even when you kind of get slapped down or, you, you know, you get nowhere with the government or with the regulator and, and you think you're getting somewhere and then all of a sudden the rug gets pulled out from underneath you. How do you keep that fire going? Yeah, I, I, I describe myself as not somebody who's overly bright. No, and I mean, I mean, sincerely, I mean, I, I'm not one of those clever people who you put something in front of them, they go, yeah, got it. I've never been like that. I think I'm a hard worker. And I think I'm determined. That's that's probably the two things that I have yeah. um, going for me. And I know that I will win this this battle that I'm having because I don't know how to give up. Yeah. And that's that's seen me through so many things in life. I you just if you are somebody who refuses to give up, yeah. Then ultimately you have to win. It doesn't matter what you do. You you will you will win if you if you don't know. How to give up. I've got this mental image of Tim at 95 going, no, I can't retire yet. We're not out of bed trading yet. I can't retire. Is that going to be the case? Yeah, well, I mean, if we, if, if that's the case, yes. I, I mean, I, like I said, I, I, I've never doubted that we would succeed. I don't yeah. know when, um, yeah. but we, we, as you know, we push down a certain uh, avenue sure. and we get blocks and we reverse up and go down another one. But very, very pleasingly now we have um, legislation um, or a bill, I should say, um, jumping the gun here. It's not legislation yet, yeah. but it's gone into the uh, into the upper house of, of state parliament. And yep. so, um, you know, will we will it get through parliament? Well, you know, it's a private private members bill, so they're always um, going to be difficult. That's but tricky. you know, we'll we'll pursue that as hard as we can. Yeah. And if that's not successful, then pick ourselves up and go in another direction. Yeah, absolutely. We will win. We, we will win. win. Well, on that note, we've actually been chatting for half an hour. I know that um, doesn't really feel like that. So I'm going to let get, you get back to your busy day and just say thank you so much. It's, it's been lovely to be able to share your story with, um, with a few more people. So thank you so much. Absolute pleasure.